Hello and welcome to KMUK's Kind to Your Mind podcast. There's no two ways about it. This year has been hard. We're all doing our best, whether that's struggling homeschooling and Zoom calls, filling our time on furlough or going into work every day to keep the country moving. When you're having a tough time, it's pretty tempting just to retreat into yourself and feel like you're the only one struggling. Spoiler alert, you're not. And that's what this podcast is all about opening up and sharing about a variety of topics to make us all feel a little less alone. There's power in talking, so let's chat. We'll cover everything from how to support a colleague or friend, personal stories of living with mental health problems, and a variety of general wellbeing topics like domestic abuse and neurodiversity. So let's get started. Welcome both of you. It's great to have you here. I suppose just to sort of introduce, we've got... um, Jody and Robert here are going to talk to us about um, the sort of stuff they get up to with mental fitness within their roles. But to, to kick it off, Jody, would you like to just int- give us a short introduction, tell us what you do, what your role is? Yeah, cheers, Phil. Thanks for, for having us uh, today. Yeah, my role, so I'm Jody Cunningham. I work for the Rugby League World Cup 2021, obviously a partner. And my role in terms of day-to-day is working across our social impact programme. Um, so I'm the community engagement lead. So I've got a fantastic role my you know every day looks different for me and I get involved in lots of fantastic projects one of which is our mental fitness charter and basically putting that in place and working with our partner Movember and Rugby League Cares to basically deliver the mental fitness program ahead of the game and um, to all our host towns and cities uh, young people their families and uh, their coaches so fantastic role in terms of day-to-day and then I'm also a player so fingers crossed hoping to compete in the Rugby League World Cup uh, later this year. So, yeah, have that sort of dual role as a player as well and an ambassador for the tournament. Perfect. Brilliant. Sounds fab. Awesome. Robbie, what about yourself? What's your role? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a former player. Uh, you can t- probably tell from my accent I'm not a local to West Yorkshire. They, they <laughs> have adopted me. I had to marry one of you, though. I had to, I had to go that far and marry was one that, of you. Was that part of the criteria? I accepted, yeah. Oh, people get less for murder, eh? Um, what can I say? Uh, former player, I probably enjoyed my best part of my career at the Bradford Bulls during their sort of golden era. Um, I was lucky enough to play with an amazing team where we picked up four Super League titles, three Challenge Cups, uh, two, kind of three world clubs. Uh, and play, uh, you know, even though I played on this side of the world uh, for the entirety of my career from 1994 through to 2011, I was able to represent my country from 1997 through to 2006. So I had a decent international career. I got to enjoy um, a World Cup. I made it through to the final and just slipped up at the final against Australia. We were robbed. We were robbed <laughs> by Australia, who were the dominant force at the time. Uh, we, we, did a, we, we gave a good showing of ourselves. The game sort of didn't get away from us until about the 60th minute. Around about the time I come onto the field, kind of <laughs> away from it. Um, I've uh, been lucky enough to uh, uh, finish my career in 2011. I went into work into um, sports administration, but I also worked as a part of the Challenge Cup delivery team and the international rugby league delivery team for the BBC. The last five years, so I come out of the sports administration game, came in and created my own company in marketing, uh, but I obviously wanted to still stay within the sport. So if you're not going to be associated with a club, what do you do? Well, I, I aligned myself with Rugby League Cares. And over the last five years, Rugby League Cares have upskilled me. 
They spent a lot of time and effort, wasted time and effort and upskilling me in the, in the way of uh, mental, mental well-being. Um, it's been an amazing journey. And I can say this with my hand on my heart, I truly do believe this. If I'd learned those skills that I've learned in the last five years as a professional athlete, during my time as an athlete, I would have been a much more successful athlete. I would have achieved more. And don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed a really, really blessed career. But I know I would have been in a better frame of mind, would have executed better, would have prepared better. And I actually think I, don't, I wouldn't have endured as many injuries because of that. Wow. Mentally tough has an impact on your physical output. And um, yeah, for me, it's been an absolute blessing. So uh, you can just imagine at the back end, uh, sort of uh, last year when um, Jody and the team sort of invited me to take on the role as a mental health ambassador for the Rugby League World Cup 2021, I jumped at it and grabbed it with both hands. And I thought, what an, uh, what an amazing blessing and a gift uh, to be able to play this role and an honor. So, yeah, that's the role that I, that I play. Brilliant. I'm one of the presenters and the head of the game program. We're delivering our mental fitness, our mental fitness program out to 10,000 kids plus their, plus their families and their coaches across the, um, across the rugby league communities. In reality, the communities that need it most. We're, you know, we're right. working class people. So, Fantastic. Yeah, that's me. The one Pretty thing I guess around. I'm reassured by, Robbie, is the fact that you, you've let that defeat go. And if you've parked it, that's, that's really good. <laughs> Both of you talk quite uh, passionately about the whole mental well-being and, and the sort of like a mental fitness piece. Can you, can you explain to the people that are listening to the podcast what you mean by mental fitness? Jodie, let's start with you. Yeah, yeah, I'll jump in first because actually it's quite a new term to myself. Um, when I came on board as part of the World Cup and we were scoping what we wanted to do in the sort of mental health area because, it, it you know, like Robbie mentioned, it's, the communities that we work in in rugby league are often untapped communities that you know high on sort of social deprivation very much need our support very high up on on sort of the suicide rates in, in the towns and cities that we're working in and we knew that that was a focus and an area where rugby league all, already has great things in place rugby league cares as as the sports charity does so much uh, to support the mental health of its players and the communities of rugby league so it was a natural space that we knew that we could add value to and was a need in the areas. And mental fitness was the term that was sort of came up from some sort of the work with Rugby League Cares in November to take away that sort of stigma that can sometimes be associated with talking about mental health. And I loved that term as soon as it was used, because I think it straight away makes me think of it as a, you know, as a, as a spectrum rather than being it's black or white, mm. you're, you're mentally ill or you're mentally well. It is a spectrum, just like your physical fitness is. You know, at the minute, I'm just coming off the back of a really hard preseason. My fitness is physical fitness right at its peak. You know, as soon as I go into season, I might have to drop a few gym sessions and fitness sessions. I'll become match fit, and what I might drop in terms of my actual fitness. And it's that scale throughout the season. I'm sure at Christmas time, everyone's fitness was dipped a little bit, and I now can see mental fitness in that same way. If you put some work and effort into your mental well-being and your mental fitness then you're going to go higher up the scale if you maybe don't put that effort in and, and you yeah. may be lacking a little bit in in focusing on your mental health then you will drop down the mental fitness scale towards the other end and and it's very much that scale which I think is the term of mental fitness and why that works and very much for the people that we're working with with our program the young people I think that helps with their understanding and just helps them to to sort of open up and talk about it and I know Robbie's been working with the young people and I'm assuming that's sort of what you found Robbie. 
Yeah, it definitely is. You, you've nailed it on the head there. Um, one, one of the great things I like about the program is we're targeting adolescents and um, the majority of mental illnesses have their seeds and their foundation during our, our younger years. This is where we create it. Um, one of the great things about this is we're starting to give kids the understanding that your lot in life is nonsense. That word, that's your lot in life. You know, you just are that way. Or uh, we're actually trying to show them reframing what, what well-being is. Well-being isn't just about the physical well-being. is isn't just about the weights that you lift, the, the running that you do, the foods that you eat. Well-being encapsulates so much more. And um, when we have a toolkit of activities that we can use to create, just like when we're in the gym, just like when we're learning a new skill, learning to pass, uh, learning to spin pass versus a pop pass, when to do it at the right time, you have a toolkit that you use for your own happiness. And I think that's the easiest way of, of describing it, how to be happier. And the, one of the key things for me is letting, letting those young people know and their parents, because we're talking about um, where they're, they're cultured. By teaching the parents how to spot the signs in their kids, we're teaching the parents. By yeah. teaching the coaches, we're teaching the coaches how to do it for themselves. That was one of the byproducts. So when I um, started working with rugby league kids, my, my thing was, you know, I wanted to be there for the players. I wanted to um, give back to the sport that has given me so much throughout my career. The byproduct was I learned, or I had this brand new toolkit that I used, that I was able to then apply to myself. I said, oh, that's interesting. Mm. Oh, meditation. Mm. Oh, actually pulling off to actually think about um, being mindful of how you're feeling yourself right now. Oh, okay, learning new things. So learning new things is not just professional, but actually a food for your soul. That's where I really started to learn that actually this spectrum is affected by what we do, those activities, what we consume. One of the key things also that I learned, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a giver. My parents were givers. They were helpers. I'm a giver. One of the things that I learned was you can't pour from an empty cup. If you want to give, and then a big part of your giving is, it makes up a big part of your personality, you've got to make sure that yourself is in the right place. Yeah. And that's one of the crucial things that we do also get across to everyone is that when they're looking out for their brothers, their sisters, their colleagues, their peers, make sure you're in the right place yourself. So um, that, that, that was some of the crucial tools that I learned. One, the first thing I learned was the lot of, a lot in life isn't really, that, that's nonsense. We can keep adding and growing and that's what we should do. And I guess, um, I, guess, I guess from that, Robbie, what, what I'm picking up from both of you, I suppose, so it's interesting, this mental fitness, which puts a whole different perspective on it because it has a far more positive connotation to it. And Robbie, you've said, you know, what, it isn't your lot. Actually, you can make your lot so much better. And everything. that sounds immensely rewarding to be involved in that sort of stuff. And building off on that, Robbie, you mentioned before that if you'd known then when you were playing what you know now, you could have been even more successful. Can you just give me an, a, a few ideas about what that difference would have been to you when you were actually in there playing? Yeah, okay. So um, positive and negative coping mechanisms, negative biases, you know, you, you, you do hang on to the way the brains work, the way uh, we have those two little walnut-shaped things in the back of our brains, the amygdala, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that basically expends two, two-thirds of its energy just biting into, into negative things. 
Yeah. And that, that is where anxiety comes from. And when you stay in that space for too long, that's when mental health starts to kick in, right? Our mental yeah. illness starts to kick in. So to having that ability to understand what it is that you're looking at, what it is, compartmentalize it, deal with it, and move on from it. Look at it actually, um, not as a negative, but actually as a positive, a really rewarding positive learning experience or negative yeah. things. I mean, I, I remember, so um, my... My, my, my career was kind of defined by one game, uh, 1996 um, Challenge Cup final at Wembley, the old Wembley. So they had like 85,000 people stuffed into the old cake tin that it was. And, you know, health and safety wasn't, wasn't a thing back then. So actually people were shoulder to shoulder. And no one had ever scored a hat-trick at Wembley in a Challenge Cup final before. I did. I was the youngest captain the leaders team out at Wembley as well. So I was sort of given all of these really, really amazing titles. And the Lance Todd Trophy, which is the man of the match, um, is a really sort of really prized award in the Challenge yeah. Cup. And I was awarded that as well. So I've got all these titles, all these, but we lost. Right. And so throughout my career, that loss, just it stayed with me. Stayed with me and like and like I was saying before, you were saying with the bag of brick, back, yeah, yeah, and you you end, it ends up creating fear of going into those bigger games. And it was yeah. it wasn't until actually I started my journey with rugby league cares, I was actually able to turn around and look at it actually. And the wonderful thing that it was, the wonderful experience, to be able to walk out in front of eighty five thousand people, to feel that atmosphere, all of that energy just rolling off those terraces and slamming into you at a million miles an hour. It is absolutely electrifying. I mean, it's overwhelming. It's so great. Those are the things that you should be anchoring in on, okay. not the outcome of the game. The outcome yeah. of the game is always going to be a loser. It's a byproduct. Yeah. And actually, to twist it even further, to focus on the lessons that we learned, not being overwhelmed. We got overwhelmed with the occasion. The team, yeah. you got away from the script. And you had, we took us, took us years, five years, I reckon, to learn how to win. And then right. we cracked that nut, 2000. But this is me looking back at all that success. And uh, now I'm starting to appreciate it for what yeah. it is. Um, the, if you break it down... Do you think, Robbie, just to stop effects. there, Robbie, a minute. Do you, do you think if you'd have known then what you know now, you'd have, you'd have got better quicker than five years? Uh, yeah, definitely. But not only that, it's probably how how that impact of occasions like that, losses, um, and not only that, then beyond that, you, you're, you're a person. So you've got these big occasions that are working out, but you also have relationships like everyone else does. And the normal stresses that, that relationships bring with you. Me and my, my partner at the time, we were two kids that got together in New Zealand, came to England and had another, you know, and, and had two children ourselves. And being pulled, you know, you, I'm, I'm from a working class background in New Zealand to get thrust into the limelight of what the Super League was back in those days in this part of the world was something I wasn't prepared for. And that's, that, that's a challenging time. Sure. Uh, I had never drunk before. So when I came to England, there was a drinking culture. You know, I'm one of the boys, so I learned how to drink. So I would drink and alcohol and those sort of negative coping mechanisms. Yes. They have an impact on you, the decisions that you make and then how you feel afterwards and how you, how you were in public and all of that stuff starts to layer yeah, on your brain and you the things that you weren't able, that you're not able to deal with really well when you don't have the tools. So for me, what we're doing with the head of the game is starting to first reframe what mental fitness is. 
Yeah. Exactly what Jody was saying to say, actually, let's break down the stigmatism of it. Let's just understand it's part of your overall well-being. If yeah. we focus on the mental side of it, not only that, you will be stronger physically, more productive, smarter, better looking. You get better looking because you're healthier. You know, you do the right things. You look after yourself better. And then you can look after and society will be better. Um, we've got all these instincts inside us that are no longer needed. And um, sort of like the negative biases and yeah. social media and, you know, the algorithms of social media. I work in, I'm a digital marketer. So we work in that space. So I know exactly what's going on with digital blue light and how it's impacting society. Because I, I, I'm a stronger, mentally stronger person now than I ever was as an athlete. With all of those titles and yeah. silverware and everything, I'm a much stronger person now. So, Robbie, I can absolutely see where, you know, that the lessons you have now would have helped back then, especially interesting on the social side of things and coming into a new culture of drink and what have you and how it can, you could really help turn it around. And it leads me to thinking, Jody, from your perspective, it sounds like quite a responsibility, sort of like this mental fitness and working with people who, who sort of need that support. How, how do you actually keep yourself mentally fit with all this stuff that's going on around you? Yeah, it's, it's not easy. And I think, you know, Robbie spoke in length about how, you know, he would have, if he could have used all the tools he has now back then, it would have really helped him. I suppose I'm, I'm in that process right now. I know that, you know, I'm much stronger mentally now than I was five, 10 years ago. I got into the England squad when I was 17 and everything was new to me. And, and I think, God, the decisions I made then and the way I reacted then compared to what I would do now as sort of a senior member of that England squad is, is completely different. And, no, I think I learned a lot. I got a bad injury before the 2017 World Cup, which was the last one before the one that we've got this year. You know, I felt like I was at my peak, playing really good club rugby, you know, really pushing to, to be starting player. I was vice captain of the England team at the time and I got a bad injury and I'd never worked on myself. I'd never worked on that sort of mental health side of things, mental resilience, because I hadn't necessarily needed to before. Um, so I didn't have the tools to cope with that well and I, and I definitely didn't. You know, my family, I put my family and friends through a tough uh, few months uh, building up to that World Cup because I didn't think I'd get selected. You know, I needed an operation really to fix my knee. The, the surgeons were telling me that you're absolutely done, you can't go. And that was a tough time for me. And But equally, I learned so much about myself as a person and a player, which I can now put into practice. Now I'm in a much healthier place. I'm, I'm much higher up the mental fitness scale that, you know, I can self-reflect on how I, how I acted, how I reacted to th certain things at that time. And I think for me, one, one of the key ones, which I still do now, and it came from my dad really, was celebrating the positive. So I think the people around you, you've, like your close friends and your family are always the ones that you lean on. They're always the people that if something's gone wrong, if you're upset, if you need some support, they're the ones that you pick the phone up to at the minute. Uh, when possible, you go around to the house and you need that support. And my mum and my dad are that person for me all the time. So through that injury, through that sort of five months leading up to that World Cup, I was constantly either turning up at my mum and dad's or giving them a call when I was upset, when things had gone wrong. And it got to the point where they dreaded the phone ringing and they dreaded me turning up because it was so negative all the time. It was constant. But there was days where it was really good and the physio might go, right, your knee's looking really good today. We're going to move you on a step. We're going to do this. We're going to do the other. But I kept that to myself. And yes, for that day, that made me feel great. But I didn't share those good times. So now... You know, if I have today, if this podcast goes really well and I'm like, oh, we had a great call today. It's fantastic. I loved it. Literally a quick couple of minutes calls and call my dad. How are you doing, dad? Yeah, I've had a great day. I've done this. I've done the other. It was brilliant. I loved it. And he's like, oh, 
great to hear. Lovely. Yeah, I'm doing this for you, mum. And we just do that on a regular basis so that, yeah, every now and again, times are tough, times are hard. You know, playing elite sport is physically and mentally demanding. There are times where you're not sure whether you'll get selected. You know, you might have had a bad game and you're holding on to those negatives. You need to ring up and you need that support. Yeah. but they have the strength to support you and they're not dreading that call coming and you're equally sharing all the positives as well um which is one thing that I do a lot now and it's it's really strengthened the relationship with my family because it's yes they're there to support me just like I am to support them but also sharing that positives and and I do that as well with sort of friends now as well and there was a lot of friends who were there for me and I realized how important that was when I was down so I'll make sure that you know, especially with long-term injuries is, is something that our sport naturally has um, because of how physical it is. But I'll make sure that if there's someone that has got long-term injuries, if they're facing something, to just send them those little messages every now and again because I know how much that meant to me. So just trying to implement little things like that to help myself, but also support the people around me. That's good, great advice. And, and it's, it's amazing because I never really thought of it, I guess, that you can, I guess, get involved, uh, enveloped in your own little world and forget that there's all those people around you and, and you know, just sharing the positives as well as the negatives is a, is a, is a great idea. I love um, that. I love yeah. that because it's like you've created your own algorithm. No social media algorithms work on what sort of stories you like to click on. Yeah. They'll keep feeding you more of those stories. By doing, by focusing on the positive, you're creating your own positive algorithm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And, and also the fact that, you know, just if it's constantly negative, then the person just doesn't want to pick the phone up to you. I can, I can, yeah. I, can yeah, the I think I've probably been there a few times myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we well, all know though, mental health does put strain on your relationships, and that's yeah. that's probably why because they're always that support mechanism. Whereas you know you want relationships to be positive as well. So like like Robbie said, that algorithm is positive rather than being that constant negative as well. So so the one the one big reassurance for me from Robbie, I, I suppose, is that now this sort of mental fitness and well-being is, uh, is is going to help me look better which i think will be incredible uh because um as you can see there's a bit of work to be done there <laughs> so so guys I, I suppose just sort of um this is I, I could i could spend hours and hours talking about this stuff it's brilliant but i guess for the people who are listening to the podcast here what would be great is to maybe give them what would be your tip or your advice to them in in, in terms of how they could help with their own mental fitness what would it be robbie you yeah. start can I, let me paint a picture of how I structure my day. So my journey has been over five years. And so I'll start off by saying, make your goals small so they become achievable. So you do little goals one at a time and you do them so you're so consciously competent of doing that goal that it becomes a positive habit. So let me just describe my day to you. So I, I involve myself in the five ways to well-being. Um, so connecting, always, always, there's always going to be one that gets away from me. Connecting, physical, giving, learning. Oh, there's always one. Remembering? Mindfulness. Is that one? Mindfulness, yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the minor one, Robert, just the minor one. So it's not for me. Mindfulness actually plays a big part because well, my mindfulness approach, so... I've taken it off. Uh, I've left it downstairs in, in one of my other offices, but um, I, I generally wear a, a meditation beats. And there's two reasons for the meditation beats. So my day starts with I wake up first thing in the morning and I do a 20-minute meditation. I then sort the kids out to get ready for school and then I come to work. At 12 o'clock, on the dot, I work out every day. 
this is this is without this is my pattern i work out every single day so what i'm doing then is that that's the physical so meditation mindfulness and the physical but between 12 o'clock and that workout when i've got to work between 9 and 12 my, my meditation beans will jingle at some point they'll just yank on me or i might get them caught or they'll spin around my neck and what that does to me it tells me how are you feeling how are you feeling right now so i just check in on myself to see how i'm traveling if I'm feeling if I'm feeling like I'm doing a bit of anxiety chest thing, then I'll just do some breathing exercises and get through it. Or I might do a, a three minute uh, meditation. Then I get to I, obviously I work out. Working out for me is my anchor. I work out every single day without fault. It releases all the endorphins into my system, makes me feel good. And there's that thing about Philip about looking good as well. You know, you look after yourself. I then eat really well. 1.30 to 5 o'clock, it's a similar process. I check in on myself. How am I doing? How am I feeling? 5 o'clock, I get home and spend an hour with the kids. And then at 6 o'clock, I give myself 30 minutes green about it. No one's allowed to mess with it. Every day, process of learning something. So for me, I do one day on uh, learning a, a business thing that, I, that, that I'm curious about and another day on you learning the ukulele. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been doing that. I'm now reading, uh, learning to read sheet music on the ukulele. But my oh, first, wow. my, your first thing you want to do is learn a song. So what I did was I learned how to play two Bob Marley songs terribly. But I can play them. <laughs> they sound rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Got to know your limitations. But I think I might be able to do that. I could play two Bob Marley songs really badly on a ukulele as well. I, 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 this I is the thing. Know. Anyone can. You just got to dedicate the time. <laughs> um, and then before the kids go to bed, I do another 20 minute meditation. Actually, yeah. I, you know, what's really cool. My kids are old enough to get it now. So right. my 20 minute meditation is actually with the kids in the evening. It's brilliant. And so I'm getting my kids into at four and six years of our age, getting into that mindset. Yeah. Um, and this is part of the thing that I was talking about before about, you know, I would have been a better player. I would have been a better player. I would have been a better person because I've got older kids that I actually didn't get to experience that. Mm -hmm. you know? Not giving them, I'm not being able to give them the tools. And you always think back, oh, are you doing right? And then, um, and so sometimes life happens. So I might not be able to do that um, learning in the evening. So I might uh, learning before the kids go to bed. So I'll do it after the kids go to bed. Sure. And just again, put that time aside. But I'm learning. So um, the giving element is the work that I do with Rugby League World Cup and the uh, and Rugby League Cares. And I do that. Yeah. You know, when I'm when I'm not feeling great, I know that I've missed something out. I'll think because yeah. it, it sounds like you've got to you have to be very disciplined in terms of how you approach it. Well, so no, if people no. take up this that is, discipline. This approach, is the key. This is the key where I said what I started with. You don't have to be disciplined with it because you do it one thing. You just right. do one thing at a okay. time. You do yeah, one yeah. thing. And that one thing might be a five-minute meditation at the beginning of the day. You do that five-minute meditation at the beginning of the day until, until it becomes not what you're doing, it becomes what you are. Right. It's something you do. It's just what you oh, do. Right. It's a habit then. And then you, you add another one thing. And, and I've been building that process up for five years. It's taken me time. But that's like what I'm saying. I've, yeah. I've never felt stronger. Not strong. I was much stronger. I could lift much more weights when I think, but I've never been a stronger person. Yeah. I've never been more confident. I've never been more self-assured. And that's, I've never and been that's able a, to give as much. Yeah, and, and that's a great bit of advice in terms of start with one thing, get into the habit, then you build and build. That's really, really cool. And for Jody, for, for you, you're, 
what would what would your sooner advice be in terms of people and, and what they might try and do in order to help with their mental fitness yeah I mean it's really interesting listening to Robbie and like he said that's a long process I see all that sort of in a sense of me build, building myself to be the best person I can be as an athlete but probably in a less conscious way um in terms of you know you make those small changes whether it be in in your diet right I really need to focus on my diet as an athlete how can I make those positive changes now but actually that does all tie into how you feel as a person do you feel good about yourself we all know when you've not been the gym in ages and you're out of a routine that you just feel a bit rubbish about yourself so structure is a really good one for me I have to plan out my weeks and be structured so that I think it's really easy when you've got lots going on with work outside of work family friends whatever it might be whatever your demands or responsibilities are to just sort of play the day by day but that never seems to work for me that's always where I get into a situation where or I haven't planned and now I should have gone to the gym yesterday because I've got a late meeting and now I've not and now I feel rubbish for the week because I've missed one of my gym sessions that I know I should have got in so for me that planning of the week having a structured week thinking ahead that right okay I can't do my usual training session on that day because of this but okay when can I fit it fit in what will my week look like next week so structure and planning for me makes me feel more in control uh, and make sure that I do all those little things that makes me feel good about myself but I think that again, I don't do it sort of as consciously as, as Robbie, but the bead thing is a really interesting one because I've started just trying to be more aware of how I feel. So we've recently got, as an England squad, we've got um, a player welfare manager now on board, which is brilliant. You know, we've never had that for the women f- before and it's really great help. He just every now and again sends in this little graphic that has, you know, little emojis, heart emojis in different colours and ones, I'm feeling absolutely fantastic. You know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling a bit down today. I really need to reach out for support and they've all just got a little color next to them. And it's just, just check in with yourself. How do you feel? And then you can then acknowledge how you're feeling. And and if you need support, seek it. If not, if you're feeling great, is there someone else that you can reach out to and maybe offer some of your support? So that's a really good one is that checking in and, and just being aware of how you feel and what are the triggers that make you feel that way. It's something I've spoke to my family about a lot is I think they sense now when I'm getting a bit worked up, you know, I've got loads of work on and training and there might be a selection coming up and this, that and the other and probably getting a little bit agitated and they can spot those signs in me now and we'll just have those conversations, talk it out before you maybe get to a bit of like a melting point where you might have a bit of a cry and a panic. Trying trying to be aware of how you feel before you get to those little panic points and something that, you know, a really practical thing that as a World Cup team we brought in, which I thought was fantastic, I've never heard of before. We filled in a bit of a sort of wellness action plan and it was about being aware so team leaders managers and teammates just being aware of what are each other's triggers so what is a sign in you that maybe work's getting a bit too much or maybe that something's going on outside of work that we can spot is it that you're sending emails outside of work hours is it that you're a little less chatty and you're not quite as sociable as you normally are like what are those little triggers that we can look out for as teammates and maybe just check in and make sure you're okay if we see them. If we do spot them, how would you like us to do that? Would you like us to have a conversation? Would you like it to be via email? Is there anyone in your family or support network you'd like us to check in and just make sure you're okay with just little things like that so that we can support each other in the workplace as well? You know, we spend so much of our time, well, not over the last 18 months, but usually in an office with the people you work with. So yeah. actually they're ones who can often spot if you're you know, feeling, not quite feeling yourself or they could probably spot the signs in you and, and just be the, that little bit of support uh, network to help you out. And I think that consciousness 
actually going through those questions and writing it down opened up to myself actually what are those things that I can recognize in myself when I'm probably not quite as mentally fit as I would like to be where where is it that I need to make that sort of mental check-in and have a little bit of a focus on on my mental fitness for a change so yeah that was that's sort of one of the things we brought into place which I think was really valuable and it's funny, Jodie, some of the things we've been trying to do within KN especially is, is to uh, get people to start doing some of that planning themselves. So we do have this sort of like uh, wellness action plans that we're, we're recommending people to have a look at and tend to start thinking about what, what that looks like. And, and even my own boss has started sharing hers with me in terms of her plan is so that I can spot the time. I mean, I normally I normally know because she'll ruin me up and start having a bit of a rant because somebody's really annoyed. <laughs> at but, you know, it's uh, but but I think what it is doing, it's encouraging the conversation. And that's the bit, isn't it? It's just having that conversation and just being able to just talk about this stuff without any fear or, or any retribution is just fantastic guys did some great stuff. i mean my big takeout from when i've listened to there robbie especially to you about start with the one thing and then build it forward which i think is really really good and to think about stuff like physical diet and what have you that's a the really powerful thing that that i think i personally want to start doing a little bit more of that sort of stuff myself because i recognize some of the things you talked about and and, and both of you have talked about that sort of uh, checking in on yourself thinking what the triggers are thinking about how you're going to cope with that being a very sort of regimented way and being very organized as you've spoken about jody or as robbie says about sort of like building it up over the time and get into the habit and i love that bit about sort of getting into the habit you know just habitually doing this stuff sounds great so guys i i, I just want to thank both of you just for giving us your time and, and your passion and your energy and your and your wisdom if i can call it that and and want to pass on the thanks of everyone at can who will be listening to the podcast for what you've brought today so thanks to you both and every success in the world cup jody i know we're going to win you, i know you're going to take us there and robbie i hope everything goes well for you as well mate in the future and you keep to that regime that you've got there which has been so successful and all that great work you're doing out there in the community absolutely fantastic thank you both brilliant thanks phil nice one